Welcome to AlleyCast, where we talk all things business, body image, mindset, and more. If it's juicy, we're talking about it, baby. Let's dive right in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I am so excited to be here with Sammy Clark. She is just a dynamo. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. I feel like fitness, wellness, you're doing Instagram, you're doing YouTube. I definitely want to talk about time management because I feel like you're doing it all. And it's like really, really impressive. So um, for anyone who doesn't know you or hasn't seen you on the gram, um, give a little backstory, who you are, what your journey has been like, how you got into the world of influencing. Yeah, of course. I'm so happy and honored to be here and talking with you. So thank you so much for having me. Um, Gosh, you know, my journey, I feel like was a was one that was, you know, I had, I say this so much because I think it's so helpful for people because I was the girl that had no idea what I wanted to do. Even in high school, I mean, when I was like in elementary school, I told people I wanted to work at Subway. Like I obviously didn't have crazy dreams. Like I was just like, I loved people. I loved humans. So I always knew I wanted to help people, but I really didn't know how. And then I also loved to perform. So I was a dancer growing up and in high school, I was on the cheer team, the dance team. So I really loved all of that. And then my family, you know, very much into health and wellness was kind of just second nature for me, though. I just grew up having, which I'm so blessed uh, to to now look back and say thank you. But during the time, it was like we had home-cooked meals. It was more of the healthy options, but still having that balance of like, um, you know, we would go to McDonald's after dance class or, you know, it was having a really nice balance. But my dad also being in the fitness space, Um, you know, he taught me discipline at a very young age as well. And like what it looked like to take care of, of myself and seeing him as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, he woke up every day and made sure to get a workout in because it was important for him to look good, to feel good. So I really understood it at a young age, but it was, um, it's interesting my journey now moving to LA and then coming from there. So for anyone who doesn't know, I guess I should say too, I am a fitness and wellness guru. I'm a fitness trainer. I have my own platform called Form. Um, But how I really, like I said, not knowing what I wanted to do, I showed up to LA and kind of just jumped into modeling and acting because that was just what was in front of me. Um, So I jumped into that, did a lot of commercial acting and It was nice. I enjoyed it. I met a lot of amazing people. I think I grew as a human more than ever just because that's such an interesting space. You're really trying to not be influenced by everyone around you and just like your own speed and who you are, which can be, you know, so interesting. But I still feel like I just never, nothing was clicking. Nothing was making me wake up at two in the morning and thinking about it, you know? So as time went on, I was the only thing I was consistent with was posting my workouts, my meals to social media. And at that time, I wasn't even a huge fan of social media. Like I wasn't diving deep into it. I kind of was just modeling. But then when I started showing up to shoots, they would ask for my Instagram handle. And I was like, oh, this, this is a thing. Like we, I should probably jump into this. <laughs> so I started posting like my modeling pictures. But again, on my stories, I was sharing my workouts and I saw way more traction from me posting those things, but almost from girls being like, hey, I would love to learn how you work in the gym. Hey, I love that you have a balanced, you eat all of that all day. Or, you know, questions that I thought everyone knew just because I grew up in it. Um, And when I saw that a lot of people wanted these answers and I wanted to share you know, with no cost. I was like, someone once told me, they're like, do the thing that if no one paid you, you would continue doing it. And one thing that I loved to do. So I really jumped into the space and like started posting continuously. And then here I am. I think it's cool that you started so organically, just sharing what you were doing. And then obviously it grew into what it is now. But I do want to touch, let's dive right into fitness because I think that's obviously why, you know, a lot of people follow along and they just learn so much from your content. Um, I know you briefly mentioned that your family was really involved with fitness, but how has your journey sort of progressed over the years? I mean, when you were obviously working out when you were younger, was it kind of intense or not intense, but right off the bat, was it something that you did pretty frequently or was it sort of like you worked out once in a while? And then at what point did you start to really 
get passionate and into the fitness industry? Yeah, honestly, you know, it w- it wasn't anything I was crazy. Like I wasn't showing up to a workout like so excited when I when I first started. I was like, this is that for me a workout was um, I don't know, not not brushing my teeth. It wasn't that much of like a known thing I needed to do that I grew up knowing, but it was definitely like something that I knew I needed at least three times a week. So right when I moved to LA, I didn't even think about it as like, I need a trainer just because that's how I, you know, I liked it. I also like to sprinkle in classes. So my first part of my fitness journey was there was no passion behind it. It was just, this is what I do. And this is how I take care of myself. I feel better when I do this. So I'm just going to continue doing it. I also was modeling. So I, you know, wanted to stay in shape. I wanted to stay looking good, all of that. I will say like in the beginning, I think it was more based on looks. Like I don't think I uh, focus as much as I, how I felt. And why I say that is because I was eating lots of junk food. So I'd work out really, really hard. And then I would be like, yeah, let's go. You know, I mean, it was my young, young twenties in LA. So I was drinking a lot, you know, I was doing other things. So I don't think I was focusing on what this was actually doing for my mind, for my spirit, for my body. I was like, this is what I do. And then that's it. You know, I feel like that's how most people start with working out though. I mean, that's how I started. Like I was almost very disordered. That's how I got into working out. Cause I was like, I, like I would, I mean, it was when I was deep in my eating disorder and I'd be like, Oh, I need to burn off like everything that I ate the night before. And then slowly throughout the years, you know, I realized that was a very toxic <laughs> and not enjoyable way to move my body. And then I started moving into, Oh, okay. Actually, like you said, this really helps with my mental health and I feel really good. And also being really intuitive about what do like how do I want to move my body today versus being like you have to do the boot camps and all of that. Did you experience that as well? Kind of that transition or yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's something I would encourage anyone that I wish I did in more of the beginning of my routine was to ask the questions out loud. Because sometimes I I will say this too, when people are like, you know, connect like um it, it changes your mindset and focus on your body and listen to your body. Sometimes if you're not there yet, you're like, what does that mean? Like, what are you saying? And I was one of those people. I think, you know, yoga was a huge start for me to start seeing my breath to connection to movement. That was something really cool that my partner JT got me into. And I think honestly, that was kind of the first moment where I was like, oh, our bodies actually like are responding to what we're, what we're doing and, and our breath is there for us. So that was like an interesting moment for me. But then I started just asking out loud to myself, you know, talking to myself is just a huge thing. And I would encourage anyone if you're like, what does it mean to connect my body and understand what movement works for me? And I think it's asking your body, it's asking yourself. And that's what I was doing. I was like, what feels right for you? Uh, Because I was weight training more with a trainer. So I was doing pretty intense hard workouts um, that I could just tell weren't right for my specific body. It was really long, um, like long time in the gym that wasn't, I didn't really love that part. So it was kind of draining. And then also I would just come home and I felt sore. I felt fatigue. I was like, I just don't think this is right for me. So then I thought, yeah, sorry to interrupt. How can someone tell that it's not right for your body versus am I just, was it a tough workout and I'm really sore? For sure. I feel like, um, soreness is great, right? Like feeling sore, like, Ooh, I'd had a great workout. I think it's like how you feel mentally after after a workout you know i or even excuse me not even mentally i would say more of how your body feels so what i mean by that is after i did those intense workouts i actually didn't my body felt more fragile so i felt like i was kind of beating myself up not actually being like okay maybe you know a 35 minute is better than an hour and a half for you so that's kind of how i i think i just was paying attention to how my body felt and i could tell it felt fragile is like the main word i would say yeah that's super helpful cuz i know i've been there where i'm like am i just sore or was that working out too much like when i was living in san francisco i was doing Barry's boot camp nothing against Barry's boot camp but i was like going to 6 a.m. classes like five days a week. And then I was wondering why I'd be at work, you know, falling asleep at my desk at like 1 p.m. And it's like, Allie, pump the brakes. <laughs> right. Maybe like, let's let's try maybe a yoga in between. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think right. that's great too is like try so many different workouts. You know, that was something I loved too was I was going to boxing. I was trying different things to see what my body was also um, – liking and and was responding to because sometimes too our body responds different than your neighbor does you know she's like 
CrossFit girl and kills it. But then if you tried CrossFit, you're like, my body's, you know, it's not going to work. So I think it's good to try different workouts. Yeah. I think that's what's so it's helpful, but also could be so toxic about social media where you see these people and same with diets, right? Like you see this woman who's, you know, I always think of like the Australian, like raw vegan, like she's like eating an entire watermelon and just like glowing. And then like, I, I remember being, you know, in high school or college, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go raw vegan. And my blood sugar is like all over the place. And I'm like shaking and sweating. I'm like, guess this isn't for me. Um, but yeah, it's like, we're all so different, but then you only see these extremes on social media of people who find what worked for them, which is amazing, right? Like you found what worked for you. And so you're like, okay, this is what works for me. But oftentimes that message gets kind of, you know, foggy on social media because those people are just like, well, if this works for me, it must work for everyone. I think we forget that. Um, and I know, I mean, as a consumer and I like live my life on social media with work and everything, and I know how it works, but I still get sucked into seeing people who again are like thriving on raw veganism. And I'm like, Oh, should I try that? Like it still, you know, affects me sometimes. So yeah, yeah. I think it's good to, I, cause I totally hear you. I think it's good to try it sometimes too. You know, like if you see that person who's like Rob, you know, being vegan has changed my life. I know I've tried it. It wasn't for me either. Um, so I think it's, it's fun to also try it, but going into it, like this is an experience this or experiment. This isn't the, this isn't the thing that is going to change my life. Like don't put so much expectation on it and instead be like, all right, body, let's have some fun. You want to try to be a vegan for two weeks? Let's give it a go. See how I feel. Let's keep a diary. Let's understand. Okay. I realized I actually had lower energy. So I'm going to start adding in some, like some protein, see how that feels or um, animal protein. Like, I think it's fun to kind of understand your body on a whole different level learning from people and taking little things from each, you know? I love that. And you, you're coming from it from a place of curiosity versus like judgment, right? Of like, why can't I do this? Cause that was another like toxic mindset I had where it was like, you know, I couldn't do the veganism and I was like, Oh, what's wrong with me? Like, why isn't this working? And it's like, rather coming from a place of curiosity being like, you know, let's just test it out. It's like a science experiment and seeing how I respond. So I love that. It's a lot more gentle. (laughs) Um, okay. I feel like I keep derailing you. I'm sorry. So you were on your, your fitness journey. You're doing it for modeling. And then, and then what, at what point are you like, I want to pursue this as a career? Um, I think it was, you know, I still was, so I stopped, I actually quit modeling and acting fully. And I was like, okay. And then I started and I just worked for like a corporate job just to get that on the side. And I was like, okay, the thing that brings me joy, which I was going to focus on and which I was dying for. Like I literally was looking for this thing. And when I found it, um, I was like, okay, how am I going to make this work? So I worked a side job and then also was filming workouts. And I kind of played around. I played on Instagram. I played on YouTube. All of those videos are deleted now in the beginning of it was hilarious. I was in like this little bedroom and like I was, the background was my closet and it was a clear door. So you could see the clothes behind it, but I was, oh, this is all I got. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think that was like the moment um, for me where I was like, this, this is the thing that is bringing me that passion that I've seen other people fo- people feeling like. I remember even being in an acting class and this guy next to me, I was honestly pretty good at acting. And I was like, okay, cool, it's working. But the guy next to me could not be more hungry for acting. Like he, he was starving for it. And I looked at him and I was like, that is what I want. I want to be starving for that thing that I want to give to people and help. So when I started to feel that feeling with bringing workouts and mindset and nutrition, that's when I was like, we're jumping in full speed. And, and That's so good. It's such an a amazing point because oftentimes if you're good at something, it's just where you find yourself. Like if you're naturally talented or gifted, like you said, at acting, you're going to find yourself sort of drawn to that, but it may not be what you're, like you said, yes, starving or hungry or passionate for. Mm -hmm. And that's like a fine line. That's really interesting. Yeah. I I feel like as humans, when you think about it, you're like, you know, it is it for me, I would encourage anyone to have that job. I understand we all need to make a living and, and, and hundred percent, but if you can ask out loud, and I say that a lot because I do think that's what has gotten me here today is like asking for what I want. Um, if you can figure that thing out, that makes you wake up at two in the morning. Like that, I think will bring you the most joy in life. And as a human being, like I want my fullest experience. 
So I'm so grateful. And I'm also still so open to what's next. Like seeing that this is my path and I had no idea. I'm so excited to continue being open and changing my mind in two years, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always evolving. Someone told me one time, I, I'm going to butcher this quote, but essentially it's like, what do you do? You know, your true passion is like what you do when no one's looking or what you do on the weekends, what you do in your spare time. And oftentimes I remember like for me, it was always about, yeah, creating recipes and food. And I was like, I can never do that. I can never monetize it. And then, you know, what now I have a food company, like what? So it's, and I was pre-med in college. Like this is totally, you know, not a path I would have seen. So I love that you said that because oftentimes it's like you never even know what is down the road and maybe just starting to explore things that you are passionate about, you know, can lead to something that you don't even know existed. Yeah. I think it's that non-judgment. I even know this girl, Caroline, who had a corporate job as well. And she started on TikTok sharing her wedding, like she was planning a wedding. And long story short, she dropped her job, her corporate job, and now she's a full-time like sharing wedding, how to wow. dress is, how to like to do everything for your wedding. And it's something she's so passionate about. And I'm just like, there is anything is possible now. If you love, if you love really anything, I feel like we can make a living off of it and monetize. You just kind of have to figure out what that means for you. But I, I think anything's possible. Yeah, no, it's huge. That's yeah. So anyone who wants to, you know, become an influencer, go on TikTok. It's the future. Um, cool. I want to come back real quick to fitness. So for someone listening, two different two different scenarios. So the first one being, so someone who's sort of new to fitness as a beginner, where is the best place for them to start? Yeah, I think um, number one tip I that comes to mind for sure is not like a couple things is not comparing to someone else. And what I mean by that is, you know, remember where you're starting, just like you as a person are probably way more educated in another area, you wouldn't tell that person to like, go to your step 100 that you've learned over the course of years, you would tell them you need to start at step one. And step one is could literally be going and, you know, going and researching three different workout classes and seeing which one you feel like you want to try for a month and picking that one, like not overwhelming yourself with like, I'm going to try five different classes this week and you know, whatever. I think it's like picking one and even maybe only doing one workout a week and then walking twice a week for 30 minutes to an hour, like really taking it slow. That's any advice I would give to anyone just starting out because I think when you try and go too quick, your expectations are too high, your goals are not met, and then you get really defeated and then you don't want to go back in and you're intimidated and you're scared and then you're comparing. So I think really starting so, so small um, and being being proud of those small steps to continue to do it the right way and understand what it is you like. Mm, such a good tip. Yeah. At the beginning, it's like you can't, yeah, like you said, you can't look at someone who's been doing it for years, which often we do, right? With like the fitness influencers, you know, but I mean, it's good inspiration, but also, yeah, you don't want to get hard on yourself. Okay. And then second scenario, someone like, say someone like myself, you know, I've been around the block, been to some workout classes, but maybe I'm trying to just up level my fitness. Do I hire a trainer? Like, what are some things if someone's really like, I want to take it to the next level? Yeah, I think it's definitely what that means for them. Like, so what their goals are with that. If they're like, I want to take fitness to the next level in the sense of like the way they look, which is so okay. Say they're like, I can grow a really big butt. Like, mm-hmm. understand, get it. You know, let's go. Understanding your goals. Um, but if you're like, okay, I want to take it to the next level in my performance, then yeah, maybe I want to hire a trainer and have him educate me more and have that really in person connection. So I think it's understanding your goals. And then I honestly would say to continue trying different workouts, even if that's at home, different programs and seeing someone who maybe lifts heavier weights, um, someone who's doing a running routine. Like I think it's elevating you in all areas of your fitness and being like, okay, what do I want to add on to what I'm already doing? You know, like for running, like I'm not, I'm not a runner by any means, but a lot of people love running for because they could be outside. So I think that's something like, you know, could elevate your routine so much if you're like, now I'm a, you know, I run five miles a day. Like there's just understanding the elevation that you want for your routine. Mm, so important. Yeah. I think being really crystal clear on your goals. I love that you said that because it is so true. Like depends what you want. It's everyone's different. Um, okay. I want to move into body image because, you know, 
as I mentioned before we started recording, a lot of listeners are either in recovery or they've struggled with body image. Um, Also something that I like to mention, because I feel like it's very, especially on social media, things get very black and white where people, you know, who may be in eating disorder recovery are like, you can never want to change your body ever. You have to love it no matter what, you know, at any size. And I've talked about this on my account. I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. Like I am not anti-weight loss. I think you can still love your body and want to change your body. And I actually have found so much confidence and empowerment in fitness and in, you know, getting stronger and in changing my body. So I really believe that both are possible. Um, and if you're listening and you disagree, like totally fine, you know, I'm, I don't think we all have to think the same thing, but I just want to preface that. Um, but what has your relationship with food looked like? What is your relationship with your body looked like? I know modeling can be a really tough industry to be in. Um, so did that ever affect you mentally in any way or as much as you're comfortable sharing? I know my listeners would just love to hear your journey. Yeah, definitely. I'll be as honest um, as I can be for sure. I, I want to comment to you on, on, and again, people might disagree with me and I, I only going to say, say this with COVID going on right now is I think, you know, all, all bodies are beautiful. And that, I think 100% that's a given. Like they really, I mean, if we all look the same, like let's, let's not cheat. I mean, I believe in God. So that's not the way that I think God, you know, put us on this earth to be. And all of us be different souls and look different, all the above. Um, but I think something people are realizing is as long as you are on a journey where you feel your health is in the right direction, that I think is just the number one, you know, with, with COVID, with even, you know, everything going on. I think even for me connecting to my hormones that I've, you know, had to struggle with for so much time, that's number one for me because my body is right next to that. So I think as long as you feel so good with your body, but also your health is number one too, I think that's amazing. That's that's exactly where to stay focused, you know? Um, So as far as me though, with modeling definitely can be a tricky, tricky place for sure. Um, I think, you know, comparison was something I struggled with a lot of like comparing myself to girls, even working out and even doing all these things. I think just in general that happens, you know, you're like, why is she getting picked for this? And, and, and and you can reflect it on the way you look. So I definitely have to work on self-talk still to this day and probably forever will of like the way I speak to myself. And that's so, so important to me. Um, and I practice it all the time. I think also another thing I paid attention to is um, emotional eating is like when I self-awareness is so, so big for me and especially with eating. Like I think with eating, I would catch myself that whenever I was anxious or whenever I was nervous, um, something was really heavy on my heart that I haven't dived into or I haven't spoke about. I mean, I would just like eat and eat. Maybe like me eating, I remember one time it was like Halloween candy and I was like going to eat the whole bag, but it was like, it felt okay because it was Halloween. So if you catch yourself giving those excuses of why this is okay in this moment, but in your body, you can tell you want to literally crawl out and be like, what are you doing? But you can't stop. I definitely have had uh, moments like that. And I think, you know, it's so okay. And we all do. And I think I actually told my boyfriend the next day what happened to me i was like last night when i was eating that whole bucket of halloween candy this is what was going on with me mentally and you know we talked through it and and it felt human and it felt okay and it felt like i heard myself and then i asked myself like what are you trying to tell me that i replaced listening with candy Mm. that was like super huge for me yeah oh i'm thank you so much for sharing that because i mean number one I have been there, like everyone has been there, I think, or many people have. And I think the fact that you can open up and talk about it with your boyfriend is huge because I think the most toxic part about struggling with food or any form of, you know, body image issues too is just the loneliness, the isolation. I think it's really easy to close yourself off and not tell anyone because, you know, there is a stigma, especially with emotional eating or binge eating. And there, for some reason, it's like anorexia and restriction is so glamorized, and yet, and people are very open about talking about it, and they're open about talking about mental health issues now more than ever. But for some reason, I feel like with emotional eating, binge eating, overeating, there's just this stigma still, and so people feel very 
shameful and guilty. And it creates this cycle of, you know, you binge, you feel shame, regret, guilt, and then you restrict and then it happens again. And I was stuck in that for years, almost a decade. So I just really want to acknowledge you, first of all, for sharing that because it is so hard to break out of. And I think the fact that you even opened up to your boyfriend about it, you know, who seems like it would be a very easy thing to do, right? Someone you're dating, but it can be really scary, you know, opening up to people you're close to. So that's really huge. Um, And I also think too, just touching on that point as well is it's a really good, I love how you kind of used it as like a check engine light where you were like, okay, I'm eating this Halloween candy, like past the point of fullness, you know, I'm not being mindful. And why am I doing this? Like, is there something, like you said, there's something on my heart. There's something that I haven't really dug into. I think that's really huge because there can be periods of time where people, you know, like myself, I was doing that and I wasn't sure why. And it was because I wasn't feeling my feelings and I wasn't, you know, digging into these deeper emotional parts because it's never about the food, right? It's like the food is a, I don't know, a symptom (laughs) of what's really going on. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I totally agree. And um, I, I think, again, focusing and working on that, talking to yourself and asking those questions, you, it's not like you hear it in the moment of it being like, I need love or like it tells you right. what it needs, but I promise you continue to do it and you will start to understand what you do need. Like you'll feel it either in your body or it'll start to come to you. It, it happens more and more to me now that I've gotten comfortable with asking myself, what do you need? Totally. Yeah. It's almost like people expect those urges or those voices or whatever you hear, you know, that come up. If you're, if you have ever struggled with food in the past, like for me, they never have stopped really coming up. They're definitely less and less, but I mean, you know, I have tons of really stressful moments as we all do. And I'll have those little urges where, you know, I'm having a really stressful day or I'm feeling really anxious and I'm home alone. And I'm like, Oh, I just want to dive into the pantry and like numb out and forget about all of this. Like those still come up, but I have the tools now to be able to number one, have the foresight to say, okay, I know I'm not going to feel good. I'm going to feel worse after this. And it's not about, you know, calories or restriction. It's truly just physically. Like if anyone has ever binged and you're listening, like, you know, you just feel so terrible. And I've had that happen so many times where now I'm just like, I just know that it, I'm not going to feel good but also knowing, okay, why am I having this urge? It's not because I'm restricting myself. Cause in the past, you know, sometimes you will binge biologically because you have been restricting yourself from food. Like I'm eating adequately. It's something going on emotionally, right? I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Let me just lie down on, on the floor. Like sometimes just grounding yourself and stretching and breathing, um, and just slowing down can really, really help at least for me. So that's something that's been really helpful. Yeah, I completely agree. Even drinking water, a lot of the times, like hydrating, sometimes we're just so thirsty, but we're like, I guess we're hungry. And I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. I don't drink any water today. Like, I think <laughs> my body's trying to tell me something else. So, you know. Right, totally. You're like craving watermelon. You're like, hmm, I wonder why this is. <laughs> um, cool. What is, I mean, again, thank you so much for sharing. What does your relationship with food look like today? Because I feel like, you know, just from consuming some content of yours and obviously following you for a while, like you, it seems to me just from an outsider that you have a very, and I hate this word balance, but you have a very chill relationship with food. And it feels like, you know, this whole idea of like the 80 20, where it's like, you know, you fuel yourself with nourishing foods most of the time, but it does feel like you have a really just kind of balanced, um, easy breezy relationship with food. Is that the case? Do you still have moments where, like you mentioned, you kind of have to, you know, check yourself? Um, or do you really feel like you're kind of at a good place with food in your body? Yeah, I think, um, I think honestly, balanced is a word that I aim for with my food. So exactly what I'm sharing is what I'm eating. And I know this might be annoying, but I really have gotten to a point, especially with my hormones and not being able to actually eat certain things. So I really almost like am in a beneficial state because I can't have dairy. I can't have gluten, things that will actually, my body will react in a way, you know, that I can't have it. So I honestly enjoy eating nutritious food. I enjoy colors on my plate. I enjoy nut butters. I enjoy things that still taste so good. Um, but are so nutritious because of the way I feel. And, and then there's that balance for sure. When I'm like craving a burger and fries, like me and my boyfriend were for sure, go get it. Or that pizza that's vegan cheese because I can't have dairy or, you know, whatever. I think um, now that I've been on such a pace of like understanding how good I feel eating right, 
I just don't see myself being able to ever go another direction because my health is 100%, because my I feel energized, because my skin is good, because, um, you know, all these things, because my body's reacting well, I'm showing up for myself. It's just, it, it really, I feel like just comes into play with, with choosing those items, I couldn't go another direction. Now, something I do do with like the 80-20 is I really look at my week of like, okay, I'm going to buy, I plan, I plan my meals like for sure on Sunday. And I, I plan like what nights I'm going out to eat. If I, if I know if I have social events, how many times I probably will be drinking again, this is just me guessing. And then the, the week could take on another route. But I think that's also super helpful too, of like, kind of being like, okay, Monday and Tuesday, I'm cooking at home for sure. And Wednesday, I have a huge concert I can't wait to go to and I'm gonna have a beer, I'm gonna have a pizza and I'm gonna enjoy myself, you know, and so I think that allows you to have less guilt rather than Monday and Tuesday, I ate really bad. And I knew I did. And Wednesday, I have this concert. And now I'm going to be dreading going to this concert because I have to eat the food there. Mm-hmm. Up for success has been super beneficial for me to enjoy the social events and not restrict myself. Totally. Yeah, I love that. And it really feels too like it's so interesting to me how you can have, for example, like the way that you eat, as you mentioned, very nutrient dense, but it's your mindset behind it where you're like, I love this. Like this truly serves me. I'm nourishing my body. You know, I'm helping my hormones. I'm helping my health and I'm showing up as the best possible version of myself. And I'm enjoying those foods. Like you said, if I'm craving a burger and fries, like I'm going to go eat it because I want to treat my soul too. And I think that's so amazing that you share that because I remember being so disordered and when I was eating that way, like very quote unquote clean, right? It was the same foods that you were just mentioning, but a totally different mindset where I was like, I have to eat this way to, you know, because I X, Y, Z, like because it's clean, I couldn't let myself have anything else. And so it's really been interesting to me going through this journey and talking to so many people on the podcast, because I think just no matter how anyone eats, if anyone's listening, you know, we're all so different, but it really, you have to pick something that mentally feels so good for you. And it's something that you want to do. Right. And it's something that you feel empowered doing. And I think that's really kind of what I've come to of like, that is a healthy diet. I love that you said, cause what just like came through my soul when you said, I was like, <laughs> oh, I literally think about when I used to eat clean because that was what I was told to do kind of thing. And I remember I wouldn't get sauces. Like when I would go to a place, I wouldn't get any sauce, but I didn't really understand why I was just like, okay, there's probably a lot of sugar in it, blah, blah, blah. But really I was just focused on, it's not going to make me look good. Right. Again, that mm. was focus. And I think now I'm like, no, what's in the sauce? Because I don't want a lot of sugar in that sauce. I don't, it's more of the health benefits of like understanding or what oils are in there. You know, I don't want a lot of vegetable oils. That's why I'm doing it. And that gives me a way bigger drive than being like, how do I look in these pants? Like, let me tell you, no matter what eating healthier, I think you will reach a lot of your um, physical goals. But I think the bigger goal for me that keeps me going is again, the way I feel in my health of like, no, 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 what's in the sauce? Because I want to know if there's like stuff that should not be in that sauce. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. It's just the shift of doing what you're supposed to do. Like we're all, I think kind of a little rebellious at heart, right? It's like, if someone tells me not to what pull the fire alarm, like I'm going to pull the fucking fire alarm. You know, it's like, if someone tells me not to eat sugar, like I'm going to start craving sugar. But if you have, if it's by choice and it's like, I know this isn't going to make me feel good. Or sometimes being intentional, being like, I'm going to have the sugar because I want it and maybe I won't feel amazing or I'll break out or whatever it is. I'm going to do it because I want that shit, you know? So it's like really being coming from a place of choice, right? True choice, what you want. I think that shift is really, really huge. Um, Okay. I want to shift into entrepreneurship because you know, you're an entrepreneur. And I think even if you're listening and you don't have your own company, it's totally fine. Um, I think you can pull a lot of lessons from people talking about entrepreneurship. I definitely do. Um, although I do have my own business, but even pre oat house, I definitely did. Um, so I want to talk about form your fitness platform, um, or however you want to describe it, but tell us about that. Tell us about the genesis of that. How did you create it? You know, why did you want to start something like this? Was there something missing in the fitness space? Like take me back that whole journey. Yeah. I, 
I, I love this question because, you know, when I reflect back, first off, I can't even believe I'm in this, uh, this moment of creating my own thing because again, not knowing what I ever wanted to do and now being here, is just super, super cool. And that's why, again, I'm so open to what else is out there. Um, but you know, I think with this fitness platform, I was on other people's platforms. I was on another platform called Fit Plan, which was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was on, you know, I was doing YouTube. I was doing all these different things. So I was in all of these different places, but nothing was really my own. So it wasn't exactly the message I wanted to bring across. It wasn't giving the exact feeling that I wanted to give to my community. Because at the end of the day, when you you know, are, are building a brand, you have to focus on your audience. And my audience was kind of myself and, and other friends that I knew. And it was like, I knew what they wanted. I knew what I wanted. I wanted to work out with someone who was motivating me, inspiring me, um, you know, had this certain types of workouts. Like I just knew what I wanted. And on the other platforms, I felt like I was slightly having to, um, make that, uh, make that a little bit smaller. I couldn't make it as big as I wanted to because I needed to fit their platform. So I think that was the moment where I was like, I need a space for my community that I've worked so hard on building and being loyal to and all this. And I, I just, I did it. And I have a awesome team, which I would encourage anyone to find those people who are right alongside you and so excited. And um, yeah, and now it's here and I can't wait to even grow it into something so much more. So cool. Yeah. Isn't it wild where you're like, this was just a pipe dream. This was just an idea in my head. And now people are on it. <laughs> people are using it. It's yeah. kind of scary at first. You're like, oh shit. Like I'm actually doing this. Oh, you're like naked. <laughs> I literally was telling someone like, I am naked in front yeah. of all these people. Like you're just vulnerable. You're just, you're so naked. <laughs> and like, you're so, you know, I, it's interesting too of, I forget who I was talking about it, but like in social media or even with any product or something, you have reviews, you know, and you're letting people just say whatever they want to say about your baby. Like it's like you have a child and people are just saying whatever they want to say, which they have the power to, you know, and you want that, you know, positive criticism if that's the case, but it's, it's a really naked, vulnerable place, but it's oh, yeah. a place I want to be. If I want to have a bad day, I'll go through our negative Amazon reviews and just cry. <laughs> it's like so terrible. No, I mean, it's fine. Like most of them are like, oh, my jar spilled in transit or something. I'm like, why did you give me one star, Becky? Like that was Amazon's fault. Um, no, but I get it. It's it's challenging. Also doing Whole Foods demos or any kind of demos, it's like the immediate feedback. I'm like, I need a, I need to hire someone to do this because this is too close to home. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I want to talk about social media running a business where it's so sexy and people are like entrepreneur in their Instagram bio. And it's very, I don't know, very cool. Um, versus the reality, which is often not cool. Lots of long nights, lots of working weekends. What has your experience been? What are some things that have surprised you about starting your own company that you didn't expect? Um, I don't know. What's like the real juice? Like what's the real journey been like? Yeah, I, I love this question because, oh my goodness. Yeah, I think even being like just on social media and then actually starting my own company, it's very different. Like I would even just being, you know, they're both hardworking jobs, but now doing this as well, which again, you have, you know, your company starting a company. So anyone listening who's starting a company, like bravo, like it is, it is something it is, it is something. It works. <laughs> uh, I, I read something the other day where someone was like, you know, I said I wanted freedom. And so I left my nine to five and now I work 24 seven, you yes. know, and it's real life. But again, if you are so passionate about it, this, there's nowhere else you'd rather be. So that's definitely something if you are starting a company, I would recommend to anyone, you got to love this thing like no other, because that's going to be able to keep you going. Um, but yeah, it is, it, I've learned a lot. I've learned that my team and I, we are all, we are all like at val the same value to this platform. Like no one is above anyone. We are all a big asset to this from my social girl, from my video guy, from, you know, my manager, all these things, like everyone is so important on my team. Um, and I want them to know that, you know, continuously and, and understand that your team is so important. And even if that's you and your boyfriend or whatever. It's like those people are so, so important. And um, so I think treating my team is, is and making sure they're happy and their goals are met are huge for me with doing this platform. 
Um, and even having people to lean on. I, I got COVID the day of my launch. And no fucking way. Where am I like? I got COVID the day on my freaking launch. Holy shit. And I, you know, my team had to show up because I was a potato. I was faced into the bed. I couldn't even see, like it kicked my butt. And that was the moment where, again, I was like, holy crap, I started my own company and I can't even see straight. Thank God I have my team. So I think I really just can't say enough of like having the people around you. Um, yeah, there's so much. I mean, I think I think just make sure you make sure you love the thing. And then also, I would say for me, like I am not trying to be a perfectionist. I'm just always trying to remember who my audience is and make sure that I'm bringing them value and focusing on the customers. Like I'm not trying to, you know, impress all of the influencers. I'm trying to make sure I'm bringing the most value to my community because that's number one. So I think staying focused in your lane because there's a lot of different lanes you could go. You know, again, I have, for instance, my workouts max are 35 minutes and I have people commenting saying, I want an hour. And I'm like, these aren't my, these aren't my people though. They don't, they don't know if you've been with me, I don't do longer than that. And if you want longer than that, then you need to go to Becky, who's amazing. So I think like being an entrepreneur is like staying in your lane and remembering your avatar, like your person you're talking to and like what your business is. So also you can distinguish the difference from someone else's. Beautiful. It's so, that is such a challenging thing and something that I think I'm always working on, uh, especially as a people pleaser. I love that you said that because it really is about, it's twofold, right? It's listening to your customers, but also knowing at your core, this is who we are, right? And if your customers are, you know, if it's everyone saying, hey, like you should change this or you should do this, okay, maybe then it's time to reevaluate and be open to feedback. But it is a really nuanced place to play in of listening to feedback, but also being like, no, this is me. This is what I'm creating. And maybe the feedback that I'm getting is not from, you know, my people, right? Or the customer that I'm really looking to, to market to. It's hard. It's a hard like thing to, to navigate. I think it's remembering you can't please everyone at the end of the day. Like you said, it was like one out of the, you know, however many. So I think it's like remembering to not being able to please everyone and staying in your lane. Cause that's why people are even coming to you. Like, remember why you started this, not getting totally blurred by, you know, again, what Jimmy's doing or Megan's doing, like you've got to stay in your lane. And you always remember the one like negative or the, one. <laughs> there could be thousands of positive things. And I'm like that one Amazon review. Oh, no. yeah. Here's me already bringing up one person. Asked for right. Something. You know, it's like, yeah. you can remember it, but that's- we're already giving them too much energy. <laughs> Too much attention. Um, What is your what? Like, what have you done to find good people? You mentioned your team is really important to you. I think creating a team has been. I mean, the most for us, it's been challenging, but it's also so so important. Finding those people that you said you can count on that really understand the vision. So, say someone's listening and maybe they're wanting to start their own company and they're looking for a co-founder, or they're really wanting to grow their kind of core team, like what did you do to find those people and how did you make sure that they were the right fit for form? Yeah, to be honest, my journey has not been easy with finding the right team. It wasn't the the first people that entered into my life were the ones I'm still with now. So I want to encourage anyone that like, I didn't just like, this This wasn't my first team and I'm still with them. This is, you know, it's still down, you know, I'm still figuring it out, but the people that I have are just amazing. But I think, um, I think, you know, checking, checking in, I think something I realized when I was, was working with other people were a huge part of my journey was how do I feel on a daily basis with these people? Because I am having to talk to them a hundred times a day. And I think for me, I started to realize I was more stressed. I was, um, yeah, a lot of things were getting done and, and people were bosses and great at their job. A lot of people are great at their job, but who are the people that you actually feel like your cup is full with that are a team player? Um, you vibe with their energy so much. Um, so I think I'm always slow to hire now and fast to fire. You know, if I'm I think I was too I was too quick in the beginning of hiring. I was just like excited and just like picked people that were excited about me. And I think that's something I really have to pay attention to. Like, don't pick the person who's just like totally amping you up and like I got you. 
Like, no, who do who's actually bringing things to the table and showing you what they can bring to the table? And also, who do you vibe with? Who understands you? Vice versa. Um, you know, I have a very certain work ethic of how I work. I need someone to understand that. Like, you kind of finding those people that understand you and, and you understand them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all so great. I mean, and I think it's a really important point that it wasn't the first people that you hired, right? It's going to take some time. And for us, it definitely has, um, you know, depending on the role too. Like if it's someone who's, you know, you're working with, who's like your right hand woman or man, like you want that person to be, you're almost like an extension of yourself and someone that you are I mean, not saying that you want to be best friends with everyone that you work with, but someone that you said like fills your cup, you know, compliments you, you feel super comfortable working with. Cause there are a lot of people out there that are really great at what they do, but maybe they don't click or maybe they don't. Well, the communication, yeah. like the way that I communicate is very different than, and, and I think you have to, so probably a huge thing is understanding how you work. So you can tell that person, Hey, this is how I work. How does that work for you? Uh, or like, how do you, how would you work with this type of communication? I think that was something huge that I totally passed on in the beginning was communication. We weren't communicating right. Um, I didn't feel good when I left the conversation. And now I'm like, okay, I have a communication with these people that is seamless. We both understand it. So really paying attention to those things that are important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the flip side, if anyone's listening and they're interviewing, I think it's really important to be for both sides, being super honest about what you're looking for. And if you're interviewing, like, what are you looking for in an employer? Because I really respect when I'm interviewing someone for our team and they're telling me how they work, what they're looking for. And then it's so much easier to say, okay, you know, you're not going to be a fit before you hire someone (laughs) and you realize they totally, not that they lied, but you know, when someone interviews, they're kind of, they're pumping themselves up. They're showing the best version of themselves. And then you know, you hire them, you go through all this work of training them and onboarding. And it's like, okay, this isn't what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I had people actually ask me when I was interviewing them, like, what is your communication? Like, how do you and I loved those questions? Mm -hmm. How do you work best? Because they wanted to know if that worked for them as well, which I fully respected. And I loved and um, so I think definitely ask those questions. Um, I also just think this is a really cute JT hired someone or was in the process and someone sent a full on video, like a face video of like their resume saying each person. And I was like, the energy I just got from that person through a video rather than a piece of paper was amazing. So I think also just feeling on an energy basis of like, how can I bring this vibe and show them like who I am? I have loved that hiring process of getting that energy of like this. I feel this person I want a second interview with them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. (laughs) And just, yeah, if you're interviewing, like how can you stand out anytime you can do video or just go above and beyond? Because, you know, as a hiring, not like hiring manager sounds so formal, but as someone who's hiring, you know, you get flooded with resumes and it's like, they all look the same, you know? I mean, and I'm kind of the, I think when you're running a startup, I don't know if you're this way too. It's like, I don't care really where you went to school. I want to know like who you are, you know, your work ethic, as we mentioned, um, and your experience. So it's, it's kind of, you can't figure those things out from a resume oftentimes. Yeah, I agree. I also think I did something in the beginning with my, um, executive assistant where I did a trial first and that was also really beneficial. That's cool. Of like bringing them in and seeing again, for her sake as well, I want her to be happy too. So the way that I work, she likes it as well. So I think if you can, I know it's not always the option, but if you can have like, you know, a a week or two where you actually just get to spiel each other out. I think that's super beneficial. Totally. Yeah. Such good advice. Um, Okay. I know we're coming up on time. I want to be respectful. Last kind of question. You have given so much knowledge, by the way. I feel like I could talk to you (laughs) forever about all the topics. Um, Last thing on entrepreneurship and just kind of like life in general. So you're doing Instagram, you're doing YouTube, you're now running this business. How do you manage your time? Like, I know that's such an annoying question, but really any tips that you found along the way, because I know people are into like time blocking. Is there anything that's worked for you really tangible that people can take away and implement into their own life in terms of just time management? Yeah, I think this question is the best question ever because I'm one that's always waiting for this question. When people ask it on a podcast, I'm always eager. Oh, good. To so I love this question. Um, I can get very overwhelmed very easy. It's something I know about myself. If my to-do list is so long, it really can make me feel super anxious. So for me, my 
morning routine is so crucial for me. And that's the, one of the things is the journal routine that helps me be most productive, put this list together. Like you said, I can't even imagine adding a mom into this, which one day I want to be a mom, you know, so prepping myself of getting yourself so organized and having that to-do list not sit in front of your mind in your face. I remember there were times I would never write down my to-do list and I just felt it sitting in my third eye. Like, oh, yeah. You are here. I see you. I haven't written you down. So I think for me, I'm a crazy, just write whatever it is down. So every morning I do a mind dump and I strip everything from my brain from I need to clip JT's toenails to I need to go to the grocery store. Like it's just it's yeah. in my brain. I need it on paper. And then once I put it on paper, I will write next to each task what day I'd like to get this done. So that also helps me ease my mind of like, not all of these are a priority. So let's focus on the ones that are. So once I say it's a Monday, I see all my Monday things. I will only pick three things, three. I've tried seven, I've tried five. Three is my number. That's where I feel good. So you have to kind of figure out what's for you. But I pick three things. That is my top things. I will feel so accomplished if I get those three things done. I always end up being able to sprinkle in another one and another one. But at least I got those three and I feel good. So I think that's a huge finding your um, tools that you like. Again, trying that one. If you if you'd like to really dump out that to-do list, dump out everything and then organize it. Um, and then I, a schedule, I'm a huge scheduler of like understanding my energy. I understand that for events, I need to make sure I don't have the craziest day ever so that I can show up for those people and actually be energized. So, you know, I plan my appointments on a Friday. I plan Monday, all of my calls Wednesday is Wednesday nights. My boyfriend and I, we have our social nights. Like I am that girl, but it is the most thing that allows me to succeed and show up for the people around me and for myself. Mm, so good. Such good tips. I'm going to implement a lot of those too. I think the morning, the morning routine is so tough to stick to sometimes. Like if I travel or something, then it's like, I don't know. I feel like my whole schedule is thrown off, but it's so helpful. And it really just helps you feel grounded having that time in the morning. Um, so I'm yeah. definitely going to implement that. Yeah. Even if it's, I know we're times up, but I can't stop in morning. No, you're good. We're but even, even when it's like one thing out of the routine, like you know, right now I'm having to be up at my parents' house to help my mom out. Like, you know, it's, it's, if I can get one thing out of my long morning routine done, I feel better, you know? So I think that one thing and not always feeling like, okay, I have to get through the, the full entire, entire routine and pick that one that will make you at least feel better in that day. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Sammy, I could talk to you forever. Um, where can people find you? Where can they follow along? YouTube, Instagram form. Yes, yes, all yes. of the things. Oh, I had so much fun. Um, everyone can find me at Sammy Clark and uh, for the on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the above. And then at joinform is our Instagram for the wellness platform. And then joinform.co is our site if you want to come say what's up. Awesome. And I'll link all those below. So yay. Thank you so much. This is so cool. Thank you.